issue as well. It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kick them down the cobblestones. I'm Darlene Kavist, licensed nutritionist. And I'm here with Cassie Weenus, registered and licensed dietitian. And we're talking about how you can improve your learning ability. You know, how can you go about getting your brain to work better? You know, if you're if you're seven years old, like my granddaughter Cedar, you need your brain working full blast to learn to read and to do with math problems. She tells me that all the time. Oh, cute. I'm learning reading and math, Grandma. Oh, fun. <laughs> Fun. That's such a fun age. Their brains are just, I mean, you can almost see it, how their brains are just going. You know, and I I see Riley, too, having just started kindergarten. By the way, hello, Riley. Hello, Marissa. I'm sure they're (laughs) listening back home. But, um, you know, it's like that whole world just really opens up when they start school. And and you need good brain power to keep up. That's right. (laughs) Or think about the 16-year-olds. Gosh, I remember back when I was 16, chemistry. Chemistry was my hardest subject. You need your brain working well to understand chemistry, or maybe you're learning a foreign language in high school, or maybe it's math equations. Or if you're approaching 40 like me, you need your brain working to learn how to work your new iPhone. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe the new computer programs. It seems like there's always something new on the computer to keep up with. Yes. And if you're 73, and you know who that might be, <laughs> you need your brain working to keep your short-term memory for word recall. Oh, yes. Well, I need that, too. <laughs> <laughs> and I think a lot of people, one of the things that I've heard is people need to learn new strategies right now for managing their finances in these yeah. low, slow, slow economic times. Right. And I think they, people my age, they need... Accurate nutritional information and knowledge to help them stay healthy and out of the complicated health care system. In yeah. fact, it's interesting. Uh, Dr. Oz in the paper this morning had an article about that and what you need to do to stay out of the health care oh. system. I thought... He's thinking my thoughts. I tell you, he just follows in your <laughs> footsteps. I know he has a spy following you around because we talk about something and then it's on Dr. Oz. You know, how many times, Dar, can you count where a, a person has come in into your office for a nutrition consult because their brain isn't working as well as oh, they'd we like? Oh, that all the time, All don't we? the time, in all age groups. Yes, I mean, I've had many people say, my brain just isn't working as well as it was a few years ago. And I think a lot of people are concerned about being a little bit older and competing in today's job market and just keeping up. I think that's a real issue for a lot of people right now. Yes. Or, you know, a lot of times clients come in because their child is having a problem with focus and learning. You know, if you're one of those parents, I want to give you a heads up on a class we're teaching next week. It's called food, the Food Connection to ADD and ADHD, and I believe we're teaching, teaching it in Anoka and Minnetonka, and you could call your community ed department or just call our office. It's 651-699-3438. Get the details, know where the class is, and get signed up. It's a, it's a fantastic class. 
It's a great class. You that's one of your more recent ones that yes. you put together and I sat in on it purposefully because I just wanted to learn more when I get those clients in, both adults and kids mm-hmm. that have ADHD and ADD and I, I took some great notes and they still sit in a binder right on top of my desk. <laughs> You know, and I I think a lot of times parents, when they first hear about this class, and maybe there's some of them out there listening, you know, their ears perk up, but then they think, is this really going to help? Can nutrition really help my brain or can nutrition really help my child's brain that has ADD or ADHD? Absolutely. The answer is yes. The right nutrition absolutely will help fuel your brain. I think it's amazing how much it helps the brain work better. Mm -hmm. You know, just good, good, sound nutrition. And so you might say, okay, how effective is nutrition in boosting brain power? So let's look at some of the research. Researchers found eating more good fats produce bigger and better brains. So Amazing. What are some of those good fats? Olive oil, butter, olives, avocado, nuts, coconut oil, And, of course, fish oil from Mm. cold water fish. So if you're listening, kids, have Daddy give you your fish oil. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and think about a child's brain. A child's brain is 60 to 70 percent fat, and it's still developing. So as a registered dietitian slash mom, I want my kids having that whole fat every day. Mm -hmm. So whole milk. Heavy whipping cream. I just, was it two nights ago when I whipped up some heavy whipping cream and we put that on top of some berries? Those healthy, full fats for building a healthy and bigger brain you know, versus skim milk. Like right. the pediatricians are still saying to drink. And I have learned to just just keep my mouth shut because in that <laughs> short amount of time you're in the pediatrician's office, you can't explain in 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 full why you are feeding your child well, whole milk. But. You know, I think uh, Michelle Obama has a lot of good things she's saying yes. about helping kids, helping the school program have better foods. I mean, less really, processed. Yes. But her skim milk thing, she's, well, we know she's not a dietitian or she's not a nutritionist. Right. So right. she really doesn't know what is the right thing for kids. I bet if we could talk to her, we well, could change her, her tune on that. Because... Now, a lot of people are listening to our podcast, so maybe... <gasps> Michelle, are you out there? (laughs) Michelle, skim milk is simply not a brain food. And if you stop to think about it, and and really as we go throughout the hour talking about this research, I think that connection will absolutely be made in everybody's head that skim milk is not a brain food. Again, if the brain is 60 to 70% fat and you're feeding skim milk... You're not fueling the brain. You're not feeding the brain. It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer, exactly. (laughs) And as parents, we have to look at some of this research and make informed decisions, informed decisions about the food that we're feeding our kids. And that's exactly what you're doing, Cassie. You're making, you're looking at some Mm -hmm. of the research and you're saying, my kid needs whole milk and heavy cream. Makes sense based on the research. Yes, and I think going way back, we know that breast milk, and I, well, we know, and probably this might be new information to listeners, but right. breast milk is 30% protein, 30% fat, and 40% carbohydrate because there's lactose or the milk sugar mm-hmm. in, and that's the carbohydrate. So it would seem that at least 30% of your child's calories should come from good fats. I mean, at it's least. Just, you know, 
we say that breast milk is the perfect food, so it makes sense that we look at having that. So yes. whole milk is certainly the best choice if a child is not sensitive sensitive to dairy products. But, you know, the thing is, about 70% of the population has trouble digesting dairy products. Isn't that a big number? 70% right. has trouble. And a lot of people are walking around not making that connection. Mm-hmm. You know, I think of my husband that when, when we first got married, he would have these awful coughing, just phlegmy coughing spells. Well, now mm-hmm. that we've given up dairy in our house because we know that the kids are allergic to dairy, that never happens anymore. That's right. So, so now, Cassie, you said you've given up dairy, but you're feeding whole cream. Yes. So we do heavy whipping cream and we do butter. Okay. And so it probably sounds like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, but the reason is when you have a problem with dairy, it's either because of the lactose, you have a lactose intolerance, or it's the protein, which would be the true allergy to dairy, which yes. is what my kids have. But when you think about heavy whipping cream and real butter, they're pure fat. So the majority of people that have a problem digesting dairy do fine, as my kids do, with heavy whipping cream and organic butter. And those are the two brain foods. So. And those are the brain foods. So I have smart kids, I tell you. <laughs> so we're talking about how good fats boost the volume of that gray matter in the brain, which to me, it, it just amazes me every time I think about that. But it also makes me wonder, well, if the good fats boost that gray matter, what are the bad fats doing? Because there's a lot of people out there eating mainly bad fats like corn oil, soybean oil, the trans fats we find in Crisco and a lot of the store-bought baked goods, you know, the margarine spreads, like I can't believe it's not butter. All those are on the bad fats list. And here's what happens. If those are the main fats you're consuming, they actually interfere with the transmission of the messages that are trying to communicate in your brain. So you don't think very well. Right, right. Those connections are not being made. And we have more to say about that, but we're going to take... Our first break, um, you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Before we go to break, I just want to give you some food for thought. Have you ever thought about your waist size as it relates to your brain size? Probably not, right? Well, I want you to start thinking about that. Research Researchers have thought about that. Researchers from the University of Pittsburgh School of Medicine found that obese people had 8% less brain tissue. 8% less brain tissue. Seriously, that's that's a big deal. That is. 8% less than people that were normal weight. So that's the obese population. Even if you're just in that overweight category, the overweight people had 4% less brain tissue than the normal weight people. So think about this in the context of 67% of the American population is now overweight or obese. So that means people are getting bigger, but they're getting less smart. I didn't say, you know, we're not saying, we're just saying less smart. Less smart. Okay. Yeah. That's nicer. Yeah. Yeah. We got to use nice words. My kids are listening. (laughs) You know, and isn't this what happened to the dinosaurs? Dinosaurs, it kind of makes me think maybe we're... Uh-huh. going to be the fall of the Roman Empire here and do it to ourselves, kill ourselves. An 8% loss of brain tissue, that depletes your ability to learn. That puts you at a greater risk of Alzheimer's. So if you haven't gotten serious about your weight weight loss efforts yet, maybe just hearing this brain piece will help you get serious about 
trimming your waistline. And if you have questions about brain health today or want to join our conversation, give us a call at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. Dishing Up Nutrition has listeners in San Francisco, Miami, International Falls, and Billings, Montana. Whether you live in the Twin Cities or across the country, nutritional guidance is as close as your phone. Nutritional Weight and Wellness offers phone consultations for people at a distance or too busy for office appointments. Would you like to increase your energy, lower cholesterol, or resolve digestive problems? Here's how phone consultations work. First, complete a health history. Next, discuss your health goals with a nutritionist. Then she creates an eating plan for your biochemistry and lifestyle. You make the time, and Nutritional Weight and Wellness provides the plan and support. Make the call from the privacy of your home or office and get nutrition expertise from the people you trust. For information, call Nutritional Weight and Wellness at 651-699-3438. Outside the Twin Cities, call 888-805-8954, toll free. Or go to weightandwellness.com. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, if you're serious about losing weight and you're tired of the low-calorie, low-fat, starvation diet, we offer you a new approach, and it's called Nutrition for Weight Loss. It is actually based on the new science of weight loss, and it's we eat real food. Yeah. Free no of, prepackaged. No prepackaged, free of food chemicals and trans fats. Research has found... Food chemicals such as MSG slows metabolism. Isn't that interesting? That's interesting. Artificial sweeteners, you know, the diet pop stuff, also interfere with weight loss. We have many class series starting this fall. We have daytime classes. We have evening classes. We have them in North Oaks to Wyzetta to St. Paul to Maple Grove to Lakeville. We're everywhere. We've got you covered. Many classes started this week, but you can still join, and we'll have a new series starting in October. So it's your choice. You can jump in now like some people want to do, or you can wait until October. And we understand that it is nice to fit into a new size for the holiday, but now we know it is even more important to lose weight so our brain works better. Mm -hmm. Check out a class near you, weightandwellness.com, or call and ask all your questions. We have nothing to hide. We even share the cost on the phone. I think it's even on the website. I think so, so too. Yeah. So just call us at 651-699-3438. And we actually have callers, right? We have a couple of callers. So we're going to take line one. John, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. You had a question for us? Good morning, John. Good morning. I was wondering... If you're an adult, I mean, should you still be, you know, drinking whole milk and eating, you know, the whole fat whipped cream? What if you have concerns about, you know, being overweight and your cholesterol? Okay, it's a great question. That's a great yes, question. Yes, we do believe in full fat um, and certainly cream, you know, full fat yogurt if you're not dairy sensitive. Mm-hmm. Now, what makes your cholesterol go up? Actually, cholesterol is made in your liver. And it's usually the sugar, when people are eating too many Mm -hmm. processed carbohydrates, that will increase your cholesterol count. It isn't the good fats. Now, if you're eating bad fats, uh, you know, like what we talked about before, those trans fats, that will make your cholesterol go up. Mm -hmm. But because it puts stress on your liver, and that's why it makes your cholesterol go up. Mm -hmm. So usually we find people eat less when they have full fat, like... 
you know, if you're going to have some berries, you put a little cream on it, like you do with your kids, Cassie. Oh, numb. Yeah. And then you don't eat very many. I mean, right. you don't eat you don't eat volumes. You eat a little bit, and then your brain says, "Oh, I'm full. I'm satisfied." Yep. But a great question, John. You know, and I we get that one a lot. And coming from the conventional clinical setting where I was taught to teach low fat to people with high cholesterol, it never worked. They would always end up in the doctor's office getting a statin drug. One of the reasons why I I got out of that clinical setting for mm-hmm. a while. Um, and now that I've come to Nutritional Weight and Wellness, I am helping people avoid those statin drugs, but it's by eating the full fats and less of the processed carbohydrates. So, Thank you for calling today. So the, the statin drugs are bad for you? Well, they are putting stress on your liver. So, you know, you have to be very careful with anything that is going to put stress on your liver. You know, otherwise, if it wasn't putting stress on your liver, why would they have to do... Liver, liver enzyme tests test every every year. That's worrisome to me when they're having to test your liver enzymes. And I've had a lot of clients that have gotten the muscle aches. Yes, you know, and the fatigue. It, then that is one of the potential side effects of those statin drugs. So if you can control it naturally, meaning that cholesterol, why not? Thanks for calling, John. We're going to take caller the caller on line two. Lisa, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. What's your um, question for us? I am a licensed child care, uh, family child care provider, mm-hmm. and I participate in the USDA uh, yep. food program. Yep. And and the last home visit that I had from my representative, um, she mentioned that the requirement is going to change now for providers to provide, instead of um, we are required to provide 2% milk, and they're dropping it to skip. And I questioned her because I... Actually, I've been working with a nutritionist myself, and I'm aware of what you're um, talking about. Yes. And, 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 the, and she had no good answers as far as no, it's, why they're changing that. And I'm like, oh, it's so frustrating. Frustrating. Um, we, yeah. we agree. It's very frustrating. And it's, it's the wrong message. There is no is. science behind it. Well, it's, and also the breakfast requirements are completely off base of what, you know, research now shows. And it's... It, um, it is. It, somebody needs to, like, have a voice there. Yes. You know, even before before my kids, I found out that they had food allergies. I was packing their food for preschool or for daycare, excuse me, because at that time we had a licensed daycare provider, and so she was providing the food, and I asked to look at the menus, and it, it was just like you said. I mean, it's so frustrating, and I, I could see where even if I could convince her that there was a better way to be feeding the kids, her hands were tied because she had to follow these recommendations, which were very heavy on the carbohydrates and and low on the fat. It so, is, yeah, yeah, and I, you know, it's even getting. I, I was surprised that this is now you know the latest is to drop from two percent to skim. I, I like, agree. Oh. Yeah, just when we thought we were moving in the right direction. And I yeah. think I think people are getting it more and more that we need to be eating more fat. But certainly, and obviously, with what you're saying, that low-fat message is still out there. We just have to keep having conversations like this and get the word out. Well, there has been a lot of money made off of low-fat foods. Oh, absolutely. And, and so it goes back cheaper. to kind of follow the dollar, mm-hmm. and it's, it's what... Yeah. So, you know, as well-informed people, we just have well, to was, stand up. I was very happy to hear you, you talking about it. Thank you. 
Oh, so. thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. We feel your frustration. Yes, we'll, we do. <laughs> we'll keep talking about it. And should we take one more caller? Sure. Dar? Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we have line three. Nancy, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Hi. Hello. What's your question for oh, us hi. this morning? I have, I have a teenage daughter and she actually needs to gain weight. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, you know, should we eat really well and take fish oil and different things, but she can really, she eats and doesn't get full a lot. Vegetables do make her full, but obviously they don't make her gain weight, and I just don't want her to go to bad food, so I was, you know, in order to gain weight, so I was wondering if you have any suggestions on good, healthy foods to gain weight. Well, I think one of the things you have to look at first is how, what's her digestion like? Is she actually breaking down and digesting and And getting the nutrients into her her system is she absorbing the nutrients so you know has she had a history of being on antibiotics or so you have to take a look at all these different factors um and does she eat enough i mean so there's many things to look at first before you actually look at exactly the food um Mm-hmm. I don't know, Kathy, do you have some things to add to that? or? Well, I think you, yeah, I, you hit the nail on the head, Dar, that one of my first questions would be, is she absorbing nutrients? Mm. And sometimes that's a hard one to tell. I mean, I look at my uh-huh. history, and I certainly had no body signs. I'd never had diarrhea, never had constipation in my life. But when I went through some testing because of my kids, I found that I was not absorbing well. Um, and you actually had a gluten sensitivity, and, and that was preventing you exactly. Glu- absorbing your foods. Yep. So I've been gluten-free for almost two years now, but I think my healing road is, is still, you know, I'm still on a long road, but yeah, you know, and I never had any obvious symptoms that would have told me. So I don't know. I, I kind of would love to see her in as a, as a client, because I think this could take some detective work to figure out why she's not gaining. Seems to be good. And she's, but she is getting symptoms like a lot of pimples and things yep. like that. that oh, that was me. Yep. Yeah. You know, if I don't know what area you live in, but Cassie works in the Wyzetta area. She'd be a perfect person for your daughter to see. Okay. Yep. You know, We're in that area. So. Okay. That would be great because Cassie's gone through this herself personally. Yeah. So, she, you know, sometimes it's really better to relate to that person. And I think your daughter would love seeing mm-hmm. her. So mm-hmm. great. Okay. Appreciate it. Yep. Thanks. Thank you for the call. Um, so we were talking about kind of bad fats, weren't we, before? Yes. We started to go on break and before we... So let's, Cassie, maybe the, just kind of talk a little bit about, should we just talk about bad fats or we? do you think we, I know you're looking like, do we like, need to take a break? Do we need to take a break? I kind of think so, Dar. Right. Let's do our break and then we'll come back and, and talk more about exactly what those bad fats do to that brain health. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Um, and I do want to let everybody know before we go to break that Dar and I have a busy day. Right after the show today, Dar and I will be heading to the Healthy Beginnings Expo. Um, it's going to be held at the state fairgrounds where I think, Dar, you're going to speak for a little bit and then we're going to we answer questions. We are speaking? Oh, we're speaking okay. together. So we are speaking. <laughs> Darn, I thought it was all on you. So we're speaking together and then we're going to be answering people's nutrition questions. We have a large booth there at the Healthy Beginnings Expo, um, again, at the state fairgrounds in the Grandstand Building. And then all afternoon, I'm going to be doing free mini consultations at the Nutritional Weight and Wellness booth. So if you have questions, come out and join us. 
Um, and if you bring a food item for Second Harvest Food Shelf, the entrance fee is only $5. And it sounds like it's going to be a big event. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of fun booths there besides just the Nutritional Weight and Wellness booth. And if you have questions for us today regarding brain health, call us here at the studio at 651-641-1071. But welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavis, licensed nutritionist, and I'm here with Kathy Weenis, registered dietitian. Kathy, you and Kate and Anna and Tamara, you were very busy this last couple of weeks teaching classes at a variety of companies. You know, do you mind sharing with oh, listeners? Oh, I'd what? love to, and I'd love to give a shout out to some of these wonderful places I've been. Yeah, the craziness kind of started Two weeks ago, and Nancy at the office kept telling me, you know, enjoy August. August was a little slow for speaking <laughs> engagements because she said it's going to get crazy after that. And the craziness has begun, but it's a fun crazy. Two weeks ago, I started out the week speaking in the evening um, at North Memorial to the hospice volunteers. Yes. What we, a sweet, sweet group of people. Yes. I mean, you just, I left thinking... I, I see why they do what they do because they they must be so good at hospice because when I walked in the door from that first entrance into the doorway, I just felt loved and appreciated and they they just great. were the sweetest group of people and had some great questions and stuck around with some questions afterwards. So I know they were really enjoying the presentation too. And it was a pretty big group. I think I had 60 or more people in that nice. group. Very yeah. Nice. And then got up the next morning and headed to Eden Prairie to one of our corporate clients where I think it was my fourth class there in a series of five or six. They signed up for a whole series. It's been a lot of fun to go back to the same place because I see a lot of the same faces. Mm -hmm. I kind of have this core group that keeps returning and then there's a few. A little groupie for it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fun because I I know they're loving the message. And then a couple of days later, I did a lunch and learn format for a brand new corporate client in mm-hmm. Minneapolis. Um, that was standing room only. I had a couple of people that just came and stood for the whole hour because there were no more seats left. So that's always fun. Isn't it amazing how nutrition is becoming popular? Oh, oh it's exciting. People, people want the real message. They yes. want the truth. And, and we're out there teaching it. And then just this past Tuesday... I taught what I would call a double header. I was at a large insurance company, another brand new client, and in the morning I taught our two-hour pain and inflammation class to a large group of nurses that answer the phone all day. Okay. And mm-hmm. we they chose that class pain and inflammation because of course that's something that sure. they're hearing about a lot. So they wanted to be able to help counsel their clients that they get on the phone and then we had a lunch break and then I taught that same two-hour class to another large group of nurses in the afternoon so wow great and and the craziness continues next week I'll have a lot more yes you will so let's get back to bad fats yes so what what are some of those bad fats oh the the I can't believe it's not butter the Crisco which is a tub of trans fats any of the store-bought baked goods Crackers. A lot of the crackers and potato chips you would buy would have bad fats in them. And you said that the bad fats actually interfere with the transmission of the message. Right. So when when I heard that, it kind of made me think about, I grew up on the farm, and we had a 
a party line, you know, mm-hmm. our phone was a party line. Did that happen to you? In, no, 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 but I've heard of these and it, it, it never sounded good to me because I thought, why would you want everybody listening to your conversation? Well, that's the only but... kind of service you could get. Okay. So every one of the neighbors could listen to your phone conversations. Yeah. And we had one neighbor who listened to everyone's conversation. There's one in every town. You know, she must not have had a lot to do. No. But sometimes when her kids would be playing in the background and we could hear the kids fighting and screaming, but we couldn't (laughs) hear the person we were trying to talk to. Yeah. And trans fats are like that. They are noisy, fighting, screaming kids on our cell wall, preventing an easy flow of message. Great analogy. So honestly, bad fats interfere with learning well, good fats, especially like the omega-3s, you know, the omega-3 oils, they really increase brain volume yeah. and learning. Yeah. And bigger is better. Bigger is better in this case. And just hearing you talk about that, it reminds me, I had kind of forgotten about this, but many, many times back in my 20s and probably my early 30s, I would say to my mom, I just think my neurons aren't connecting in my brain. <laughs> and we'd kind of laugh, but it... I mean, I really thought that because whether I couldn't figure something out or my memory was an issue back then, mom could remember things. And I would say, I have no recollection of that. And I'd say my neurons must not be connecting, mom. And now I'm thinking of that here as you make this analogy, because I was on a low-fat diet for forever, years and years and years. Oh, I, right. Forever. I remember being probably 10 or 11 and asking my mom, does peanut butter or jelly have more fat in it? You know, not knowing anything at the time because I was making mm-hmm. toast. And I, at that young age, I was conscious wow. already of watching my weight, which yeah. is so sad. So, yeah. So, you know, eat the healthy fats. Your neurons will connect much better. <laughs> I function much better today than I did in my 20s brain wise. And talking about this research again that we were talking about at the top of the hour, the omega-3 fats... It looks like in this research actually may have a connection to reducing the occurrence of emotional eating. Mm-hmm. How many times over the years has somebody said to you, I'm an emotional eater? Oh, yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Maybe they're not eating fats, good That's fats. Right. So in this study, the researchers took 55 healthy people. They divided them into three groups. And the group that had the highest intake of fish oil had the highest gray matter in the areas of the brain that are involved in that emotional regulation. So if you're an emotional eater, here's a, here's a new thought for you. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is not a psychological problem. As much as it is a deficiency of good brain mm-hmm. fat, especially on the omega-3 fats. You know, I have noticed almost every young child loves the taste of fish oil. Yes. Your kids do, don't they? Oh, it's lemon flavored. Yeah, it's a little treat. Yes. At my my grandchildren ask for it. Mm-hmm. But their dad keeps telling me, you know, those kids are just getting <laughs> too smart. So we, we have to stop with the fish oil or I have to take more. Right. They're going to outsmart <laughs> him. He's going to have to drink it by the bottle, right? Yes. <laughs> Good problem to have. Yeah. And, you know, another thought before we um, leave this topic of good fats, bad fats here, I think it's important to talk about how harmful the low-fat and the no-fat foods are for the brain. You know, probably just as bad as that person that's out there eating the junky trans fats and the refined oils, probably just as bad as the person that's out there following a low-fat or no-fat meal plan. 
And I know we've said it time and again over the years on this show, but but we need to say it one more time. Stop with the low-fat eating. If you're trying to get thin and you're eating low-fat, my question to you is, is that working for you? Probably not. And now you know it's slowing down your brain activity. And again, 60 to 70% of the brain is fat. I mentioned that that's the case in kids, but it's also the case in adults. So you need to feed your brain. The 100 billion nerve cells in your brain need essential fatty acids to function. And there's another piece to this puzzle. The myelin, which is sort of that protective covering or that insulation around the nerve cells in your brain, in your brain stem, in your spinal cord, this protective covering called myelin needs fats. That's the large piece of what makes Mm -hmm. up this insulation. So then it makes you think about diseases like MS or ALS, which is also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. That's when that myelin starts to break down. So we need good fats to maintain that myelin covering and help prevent disease as well. So fats are super, super, super important. For so many reasons. And we are going to talk more about that, hold that thought, Dar, and we're going to take some callers here too. Hopefully our callers will stay on the line. But, of course, it's time for another break. Um, You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Before we go to break, I want to give you some brain-building breakfast ideas. We've given you the research. Now we want to give you some practical information that you can use. So here's some brain-building breakfast ideas. One that we love at our house is a couple of scrambled eggs, preferably from a local farmer that lets those chickens out to to eat grass is how I like to get mine. So free range or organic if possible is best. And then cook that in some good butter. Throw some veggies in, whatever you like, peppers, onions, mushrooms, and scramble that all up on your stovetop. Another one that my kids and I, well, and Scott too, love this time of the year is leftover chili in the morning. Mm-hmm. I take your recipe, Dar, I double it so that I have lots, and I freeze some, but then we also have some for breakfast. Make it with natural beef or bison would be a good choice as well, and that's a really good breakfast in the fall and in the winter. You could do full-fat cottage cheese if you handle dairy products all right. Organic would be best. Add a half a cup of blueberries and a handful of almonds. And then one that my niece back in North Dakota just loves, and this makes her dad proud because he raises cattle, and he's the president (laughs) of the North Dakota Stockmans. My 13-year-old niece loves to have leftover steak in the morning. She does not like any traditional American breakfast food, which makes me proud. (laughs) So leftover steak is another great way to start the day. Maybe slice up some tomatoes with that, some cucumber, and then add some chopped up avocado for some healthy brain-building fat. And we'll be right back. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, we have a, quite a few people online, callers, and we, but we also have some very interesting information to share. So we're going to pick the information, but I, if people have questions, I'd be happy to have them call on Monday, 651-699-3438, and either I'll call them back or tomorrow will, and we'd be happy to answer your questions. And But I think this this... Uh, it's interesting research is worth sharing. I think there's some great research here um, that I hadn't known before before preparing for the show. So um, what I wanted to mention next is 
Tina Beeler, who's a client of Nutritional Weight and Wellness, dropped off a fascinating article. So thank you to Tina if you're out there listening. This was in the Wall Street Journal on September 17th, so just last week. And the title of this Wall Street Journal article is The Yogurt Made Me Do It. And this is research from the University College Cork in Ireland. And the researchers found that when mice were fed a diet full of probiotics, so good bacteria like you could find in yogurt, these mice had a dramatic positive effect on their brain. Well, you know, Cassie, we help clients get rid of irritable bowel syndrome, you know, such as diarrhea, Mm -hmm. constipation with the correct probiotics or good bacteria. But now... You're really saying researchers have found that probiotics, such as bifidobacteria, helps the brain function better. Isn't that something? Yes. So this particular researcher that um, has been doing this research in Ireland, he found sufficient behavioral changes when these mice were fed the probiotics or the good bacteria. And when they put these mice, fed all these probiotics in stressful conditions, they were much less anxious and they released less stress hormone than the mice that were not fed the probiotic. I think this research is just awesome Mm -hmm. because we see it, the same changes in clients that we work with every day. Absolutely. You know, the longer clients take bifidobacteria, and we know that bifidobacteria also reduces your risk of colon cancer by 50%, Right, and it's the main bacteria that we have in our intestinal tract, the calmer they feel. They handle stress better. Right. Isn't that interesting? Amazing. And so some people are probably out there thinking, what? Why would something that's fueling or, or helping your gut help your brain? Well, The reason why probiotics can change behavior really involves the neurotransmitter we call GABA. And when these researchers looked at the brains of the mice fed the probiotics, they found that they had more GABA receptors in the areas of their brain associated with memory and regulation of emotions. And Dar, you've taught me this. We always think of GABA as the calming neurotransmitter. Exactly. Now the French have actually taken this information a step further. They've treated human subjects with high doses of probiotics for 30 days, and they found these people have reduced levels of psychological stress, Hmm. or they handle stress much better. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, you know, we know this from years of clinical observation that when we give bifidobacteria and L-glutamine, People typically will have reduced cravings for sugar. I know the case for me is reduced cravings for processed carbohydrates, which turn to sugar. So things like pastas and breads, those cravings really start to go away when you take good bacteria and L-glutamine. Plus, we see it in our clients. It helps keep anxiety in check. It supports good memory and it supports good moods. So, Dar, I, I always brag about you because you don't do it about yourself, but you've been way ahead of those researchers in Ireland and France because you've been teaching and implementing this for years. I mean, yes, but that's because we work with clients. We're face-to-face with them every day. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe that nutrition is very logical science. You know, we know bifidobacteria is in breast milk. Protein in breast milk contain the amino acids which is called L-glutamine, which supports GABA production and reception. Also, the fat in breast milk is an omega-3 fatty acid called DHA. 
all the ingredients to support good brain health that leads to good mood, good memory, and that's isn't that mm-hmm. just all put together? Oh, it's it is amazing, you know. And as as a mom of two wonderful kids slash registered dietitian, I'm always looking for meals and snacks that will support good brain chemistry for my kids. So a, a couple that work really well. Um, Riley doesn't like this, but Rissy loves deviled eggs. So try deviled eggs on your kids. You don't know if they're going to like it till you try it. Make it with some real mayonnaise. We like the Hain brand, H-A-I-N. Um, you can find that in the natural section of most stores. And then serve some apple slices with that, especially this time of the year yes, when the perfect. apple orchards yeah, are mm-hmm. just ripe with apples. Another one that my kids really like is muffin tin meatloaf. And that recipe is up on our website. I can make that same recipe in a loaf pan, but it doesn't go over near as well as when it's <laughs> those cute little muffin sizes. So um, I either make it with wild rice or every once in a while I have some gluten-free bread in the freezer and I'll just crumble up a slice of that. But I make my muffin tin meatloafs gluten free for the for me and the kids and I bake it in those cupcake pans and something about having that little handheld size the kids love it and it's a brain building protein cupcake. Yes, it sounds great. So, you know, it's really nice to have snacks for your kids and grandchildren. But I know I need a lot of brain building snacks so I can make what I do is I make chicken salad. Yeah. You know, with the real mayonnaise, the Hain mayonnaise, celery, a few grapes, Mm-hmm. And a small serving is perfect for a snack. And if I run out of mine, you know, which happens every once well, in a while. Well, you're kind of busy yes, these days. I just flip into Mississippi Market or one of yeah. the food co-ops and I buy chicken salad out of their deli because they use healthy mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. And that's my criteria. Yeah. <laughs> other other um, grocery stores, maybe not, but Mississippi Market would be good. And then also I make big batches of chili, like you said, and <sighs> I just that. have a cup of chili for a snack. Mm-hmm. That works very well. Yeah, yeah. Or I made the chicken wild rice soup that's up on the website the other day, and that is delicious. So another and, great, you know, snack I have to, idea. My friend Faye makes yeah. cans tomatoes for me, so I have oh, no no citric acid nothing, and just wonderful tomatoes the way my mother used to do it. Yes, oh. and that's what I make my chili out of. Thank you, Faye. I need to get to know her. <laughs> You know, and and for myself, those are ideas that I use too, Dar. Some other ones that come to my mind, I just like leftover roast beef. Coming from a cattle farm, it was beef every day, and, you know, that's comfort food for me. So for a snack, to grab some leftover roast beef with garden tomatoes. I do not like store-bought tomatoes, but garden tomatoes. And then just slice up some avocado with that. Or if I don't have avocado, I'll just dip my roast beef in a little bit of healthy mayonnaise to get it moist and then let that be my healthy fat keeps my brain working even on days like today when I have not had enough sleep because I've been up with sick kids if I eat right I function very well well another snack that I use sometimes because sometimes we just need something quick Mm -hmm. I buy coconut milk in the carton throw it in the blender throw in a scoop of whey protein powder blend it up that's it I did that before radio this morning. Dar, I do that every time before I do radio. I do put a little bit of cocoa in mine because I like the chocolate flavor. But I, my words just flow better. It's great brain-building nutrition. At Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we understand that the food you eat does matter. When you eat the weight and wellness way, you think better, you will have better moods, and you'll feel great. Plus, your metabolism will work better when you eat the weight and wellness way. Thank you for listening today. Have a great week. 
The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.